Hi folks, so welcome to episode 12 of the F1 Grid View. Today we'll be reviewing the race that was held yesterday at Monaco. So Mika, how was the race? It was very long. It went on for three hours. Yeah, like thank God there's a time countdown. Otherwise, it felt like it would keep going for on and on and on and on without. Yeah, I mean, if I, I'm pretty sure if the time countdown wouldn't have been there, it would have easily gone for like three and a half to three hours forty-five minutes. Correct. Because I think. At least like twenty laps were, you know, cancelled off. Yeah. So they finished sixty-four out of seventy-seven. So thirteen laps did did not go through uh, because yeah. they started the car, they started the watch, and had to finish the race in two hours. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very uneventful. It didn't start off on time. It like they had various issues in the start, and then they were even more interesting for the first twenty-five, thirty-five minutes or an hour. Yeah. Uh, but after the second red flag, when it just it just became clear that these were the the places where they were at is where they would end so the delay just kept reminding of spa last year yeah, like no, it, 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 it was just like the race better not end in 3 laps no 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 no, no. so they have rules for that now so at least you don't get yeah. points unfairly but still uh, they do need like it was this is the race they want so you can't mess this one up yeah, i mean if you compare it to like other monaco gps yeah. like This was much better, I would say, because like Monaco GPs are there are no overtakes as such. Yeah. The only overtake. We saw like one two overtakes yesterday. Yeah, Gasly was went through the field in his intermediate tires when yeah. he switched from wet to intermediate. He just took off, and there was no yeah. there. So he had a lot of fun, but still ended up without any points. Uh, yeah. So coming to the big elephant in the room, what happened with Ferrari's strategy? What just went wrong? I think everything, and everything was just not in their favor. Yeah, like it just they got they 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 actually did very well with Carlos. Or no, Carlos yeah. himself did very well. They wanted to get him in earlier, but Carlos kept saying no. He's directly going for dry tires. There is no intermittent. He's switching from wet. Yeah. And uh, he kept himself out. And the, the the second he decided to pit, they even said Leclerc should pit, and they double stacked him. And Leclerc. Came into the pit lane and they said, "Stay out, stay out, stay out." But he was already there. Yeah. He was already. Yeah, in- that was what botched it up. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if I, I feel like Carlos could have gotten his first win yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so both of them, uh, Matteo Binotto, the uh, Ferrari team principal, yeah. say that both of them were held back because of the slow Williams. Uh, Charles was held back with Latifi, and uh, Carlos was held back by Albon, and both of them couldn't get a nice. In lap and in out lap, respectively, and they kept staying behind the slower cars, even though they were being blue flagged. So yeah, so I think that was that also played a big part. And the Red Bull were very good with their pit stops; they nailed it, and they were out in a second. And they also did double stack actually. I think, I think nothing that Perez did yesterday went wrong. Yeah, he was like, he was nothing. Big. He was so good yesterday. Check yeah, that was. So I'm I'm very happy for him the redemption from last week and being being forced the team orders to give up his place to Max and Neuer he just he just came out as the best driver of the day so yeah, yeah. let's let's start with let's see how qualifying went through Mika we will check our first our first stat where we have the qualifying uh, it's become kind of a habit for Charles to qualify at the top. I- 
something else that uh, really like gasly is been really outperformed by uh, we thought he was very out, getting outperformed by yuki but that's not really the case here uh, gasly's got 9 and yuki's got 2 uh, so gasly is doing well in qualifying it's just the race results are not coming his way and uh, yeah you see lando exceedingly uh, like driving the hell out of that car like i said but like daniel's only at 16 while lando's at 41 and your lewis has been better than george i don't get that like i i had to recheck this but lewis is genuinely doing better than russell in, in qualifying but then russell has the race pace yeah. i mean russell just i feel is like how you know hamber what used to happen yeah. since beginning of the year russell wherever he is he'll just reach in the first six and get a position first five he's not even come down to six first five i think six he did okay i think once i'm not sure uh yes that's but you were first five or six so yeah. it's just going how much better like before he used to be mr saturday now he is you know much better in the races yeah yeah that's true so let's see how the race ended uh, we as we said uh, we told you how ferrari botched up charles coming down from pole to p4 is almost as uh, to p4 is almost as good as losing this That's really yeah, that's not getting you out of the bed, but it's yeah. just very sad. I mean, the Monaco curse is real. It doesn't it doesn't get worse for him. It, it this is real. Uh, I'm not getting out of it. Yeah, but at least you got points. Almost really. We did get points. That is very important for a championship. Not crashing the car. Whereas, um, yeah. I mean, whatever we talk about him feels less because he's he's been fantastic. And the news wow. the paddock is that he has signed a contract for next year. Uh, which will be fun. Which will be really fun. But that is something that if I was a Red Bull junior driver, I would really be worried because Max is not going anywhere. Checo still has another yeah, four five years, and if Checo keeps uh, performing at this kind of a level, I don't see anybody from the junior teams or even Gasly or Yuki progressing to the actual Red Bull team till even the next four years, till twenty twenty three or twenty twenty six or twenty seven at that point. So. If I was a Red Bull junior driver, I would really be worried with how good Perez is. That, that would be the case, but like, I feel that I don't think uh, these guys like Gasly and all have that in mind at least at this point. I'm sure Maybe they too. Back of the head, he is thinking he's been in this team for the last two and a yeah. half years. He did get a shot at this at the Red Bull team, but didn't do well. Maybe he could be looking outside yeah. the Red Bull junior uh, drivers thing. Maybe at a McLaren when Ricardo steps away from McLaren, uh, very, something like that. Very much possible, I feel. Yeah, but if Maybe I was a, correct, but if I was somebody like a Yuri Wips or a Jahan Darwala, somebody who is still driving yeah. in F2, looking for a seat in F in F1, uh, possibly with my own junior driver team, which is Red Bull, I really don't see that happening. With how good Perez has been, and if he signed another contract, that means they're really keen to keep him for a few years. And he's yeah. not that old. He's he's. He's thirty-two, thirty-three, so he's he has another three, four years with him still. And he has good experience. He has very good experience. We'll uh, he just crossed a thousand points as we'll see uh, the, the tally. So he has experience and he's crossed a thousand, not being in one of the top teams, uh, being in Force India, being in McLaren, where who are not at their best, but they still he has he has it in him to get the points up. So yeah, take it away, Mika. Uh, round us up to our. 
finish the, what the do you think about the Haas crashes I don't know what happened to Magnuson I don't think anybody knows what happened to him they didn't show him on the TV so I'll tell you what happened for me like I saw the car split into two I just thought it was two different cars I didn't think it split into two and I really just suddenly saw Magnuson I'm like how did he get out of the car so quickly I thought the hash crashed with each other because of the way it looked both the car, car facing outward yeah. and then I realized that Magnuson had already uh, had already finished and he DNF'd and there was only Mick who was driving and Mick crashed his car and it came out in two parts and Guntha made a very interesting statement he's saying that yeah that was really scary uh, Guntha made a very important statement I thought he said he will have to see how Schumacher keeps fitting into this team if he if his crashes are so expensive for Haas with being such a small team and a, and a budget constraint I don't think they have upwards of a million dollars in every race to fix a car because it's already been two out of seven races that they have a team like Haas who barely manages their budgets with you know the car or with, with the upgrading having, with having the sponsorship of Urakali last year and not having that exactly. this year so exactly so that, that that gets very tricky yeah like the team already Red Bull uh, using Christian Horner already crying about budgets and saying he wants it to be expanded if they want to make the last few races so yeah you'll, so you'll always and when teams like that are already worried, you can't even, like the smaller teams are obviously going to have a bigger crunch. And if they keep crashing out like this, uh, I don't think it's going to, I don't think Mick has a very long future with the team as such, even though he is a Ferrari junior driver. Uh, so, yeah, so we have pit stops here. Uh, very interestingly, because the race started behind a safety car, it was compulsory for everybody to have full wets. And, uh, Behind the safety car, the two Canadians, the TFE and Stroll crashed and they went immediately to the pits, changed from uh, wets to intermediate because the track was drying up that quickly. But it yeah. didn't really affect the game as such because they weren't able to push their intermittents for long, intermittent uh, tyres for longer and it changed to dry so they didn't have a, this thing. But where the race was won was at the lap 21-22 where you see Perez switching from his inters to yeah. A set of hard tires, and similarly, signs switching from his wet directly to hard and pushing behind Perez. And they had, I'm, I know they had a whole pit lane exit controversy, which was cleared by the FIA that it was legal. But Perez was really, really good with his outlap and with the pit stops, and so was Max. So Perez was really, really good. Uh, the team was really good with the strategy, also. Where uh, my favorite part was when the red flag happened. And it had been almost just three or four laps where Charles had pit and he got out of the car, removed his helmet and he was storming into the Ferrari uh, Ferrari, uh, Ferrari place yeah. and uh, garage yeah. and I was like, he's going to catch hold of somebody and he's going to whack them. It looked like it looked really bad for, for them. So, yeah. That's yeah. uh, yeah, so a interesting uh, pit stop strategies. The whole, the whole race was decided in the pits. So yeah, uh, this is this is a very important uh, sheet in front of us, which denotes the pit stops. Uh, moving on to the moving on to the next one. This was my favorite. Uh, how Alonso slowed up everybody. You see the gap. You see the gap from Norris yeah. towards Alonso, and this is how he was holding everybody up. His race engineer said. Monaco is such a small track. Yeah, you can't overtake. Where you are, you are there. Yeah. 
So, like Alonso going so slowly, his his engineer telling him to slow down, to keep the car, to keep these tires till the end. And uh, something I really loved about strategy when you listen to Hamilton's radio, uh, he's frustrated. He knows he's uh, he knows he wants to overtake, but he can't overtake. There is no space to overtake. And towards the end of the race, he sees Alonso picking up the pace. This is because he wants Ocon to maintain that five-second gap he has because of the penalty he got because of uh, yeah. driving too defensively with Lewis and aggressively defensive uh, with Lewis. So you saw Hamilton, uh, you saw Alonso picking up his speed to give him some gap, but then you see Hamilton slowing down to make sure that everybody is is packed up and batched up, bunched up together. Yeah. So Ocon does get out of the points. So I think that mind games are really good. People are always going to go back to Twitter and go back to 2007 rivalries with Alonso and Hamilton. But I think I think uh, Alonso did his thing. Hamilton also did his thing, and yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, you can't blame any of them. Of course not. They, they, he's driving at his speed. If anybody does want to overtake him, they can go ahead. But there is yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so these I'm are. I'm liking the point gap in like the top two. Yeah, top three. There, there aren't any. There aren't much differentiating Max and. Oh yeah, I like. He has a 15 point gap. Yeah, that, that that's also there. And like right now, at this point, at least again, like last time's race, Red Bull can't, you know, say like Max is our world champion competitor and Perez isn't. Correct. So, yeah. So uh, they will have to give them equal opportunity. I feel uh, whoever does do a better job, they were asked also how this will affect their in in team rivalry. Uh, but I think they'll, they'll they'll manage it well. And let's not kid ourselves. We all know that Max is going to be their favorite. After a couple of races, even though if then does some things do change, uh, so yeah, uh, George Russell's got a uh, got a nice lead ahead. You'd expect Carlos with having a top car also to be in the hundreds to fight for the top four, but he's had a couple of mediocre races. Uh, yeah. Luke done well to get to fifty points. Uh, so is Valtteri in an Alpha. I, I still get very shocked with how good Valtteri has been and how many points he's got, and. Uh, yeah, there's a serious lack of points with for Ricardo and for Yuki, uh, but the car hasn't. Yuki hasn't had the car, so you see uh, Gasly also struggling. So, yeah, you, the the odd one out there is Ricardo, who's not been hitting the marks. And I think this is his this is his first uh, batch of four races where he's not scored a point since Malaysia in 2015 or 16. So, yeah, he really needs to step up the game. And there is a lot of there is a lot of controversies happening in the press also, where he's saying he's not sure about next year. Where Zach saying he's not sure of how Ricardo's performed. So yeah. Yeah, but it's also nice to see how like the top ten itself has like Alfa Romeo, Alpine, and Haas. We would have never seen that in yeah. like the last few okay. years. No, nope. last year you would have your Gaslys, you would have your Vettels, you'd have Stroll in the top tens, but not these guys there. So definitely not. Out the constructors' uh, points table. Uh, Red Bull has now got a decent gap with both their drivers performing to the max and pushing the cars. Uh, Ferrari has not had that. They've had a car, they've had Carlos not. Carlos having issues or Charles having issues. Yeah. It's uh, either of them. We haven't seen Mercedes in the last six years language down to P3 and have this bigger gap, like a hundred point gap. 
from uh, from the somebody at the top of the constructor so who would have imagined yeah uh, i was watching martin brandel's uh, grid walk and uh, martin goes i haven't seen you in a while when he reaches toto so toto goes oh yeah you always you always stick around with the top teams and that just hurt a little bit because toto does consider himself to be the midfield team now not be the top team so yeah, yeah. mclaren's done well to get themselves to people accepted it in like the first few races itself yeah um ferrari and the red bull seemed very strong uh, they were focusing yes. a lot so they knew that they would have to give up some speed to slow that down also so yeah mclaren's done very well considering they have only one driver performing for them uh, who's also sick so um, kudos to them for that alfa romeo too with valtteri giving out the bunch of the points Uh, so yeah, that's this is our this is our constructors table looks at the end of the Monaco Grand Prix. So this is a very interesting uh, table that we're seeing ahead of us. Uh, so Checo did something and got himself in the history books this week, Mika. Uh, yeah, let us know what. Okay, so Perez has finally scored a thousand points and above wow. in his total race career, which brings him like to the top thirteenth driver, which you can see over here, and his average. Points for races like four point five seven, which is decent, I would say. Yeah, which is decent, very good. Uh, yeah. So another just a uh, fact for new fans who who are new to F one. If you don't see the greats here, you don't see the Ayrton Senna's here, you don't see Michael Schumacher's here. Uh, pre twenty, uh, pre two thousand five, the points that were Michael given. Michael Schumacher's here, but yeah, Senna is in like the fifteen to twenty yard spot. Correct. So. the these points have been adjusted as per the latest points so this is how they would score if they were they were score they were scoring those 25 19 how we see what the first second third get so this is how it's been scored uh, so yeah lewis hamilton definitely at the top sebastian after having a few mediocre years still has a very high points per gp as almost as good as max verstappen so yeah shows you how dominant he was in his four years at red bull those those Golden four years, they were really, really, really strong. So I said, yeah. Alonso followed by Seb, uh, followed by Kimi, and then Bottas. Bottas is also Max. very high up there. He's at nine point nine point seven. I mean, he he did pretty good in like the past few years at Mercedes, right? Yeah, he had, and he did used to score particularly well with the Williams also. In that time, yeah. it was a proper midfield team, not team. In the bottom two or bottom three. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's that's actually pretty good for him too. So yeah, closing out for the Monaco Grand Prix, we are at a final segment. Let's uh, let's go. So we start from the bottom, from the usual. We rank the drivers on the basis of the entire weekend. That is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, we we grade them from zero to ten. Uh, and yeah, Kevin Magnussen qualified. In Q two, um, very mediocre. Four point five five ish. Yeah, I think a three. I don't even think that high. We didn't even see why. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah not pressure issue, which because obviously DNF, but still. Yeah. So yeah. Mick, uh, Mick got himself into Q three. No Q two. No, yeah, sorry Q two. Uh, so I guess a four point five. Yeah, I agree, Alex. Uh, uh, Also, four point five. He uh, wasn't there in Q one. Uh, he wasn't there in Q two. No, so, so three, three point five. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of them. Like even uh, Yuki, 
show Nicholas Latifi and a stroll uh, yeah. not having anything to show for themselves. I think a three three and a half is where we stop that at. Uh, Daniel Ricardo. I think again three and a half for he didn't have a greater weekend. I would say like other than his first two practices, he yeah. wasn't doing that great. Uh, he qualified in Q two, but then did couldn't manage to get into Q three. So. Uh, Three point five, four, four point five, not more than that. Correct. Uh, yeah. So, I think a four and a half, five. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Esteban uh, did uh, start at P ten, finished P twelve because of his five second penalty and everybody being so closed up. He was in the points at the end of the race. Yeah. But after the five seconds. Yeah, I think a six. He defended very yeah. well against Lewis. There were a couple of moves that were questionable for because of which he did get a penalty, but I think he generally did defend really well with Lewis also. So yeah, yeah. Gasly. Gasly did really well to get in the points from 17. He had his lap uh, red flag because of Yuki, Yuki crashing, and uh, from coming from 17 to finishing 11 just out of the points, um, I think a solid seven or a six and a half. Yeah, I think uh, same six and a half yeah. sevenish. Uh, Vettel also P12 to P9. Vettel. Sorry, Vettel. Uh, I think I'm just gonna give him a seven for you know coming okay. into Q1, yeah. Q3. Yeah. So yeah, he's getting a seven. Very nice. We'll I'll I'll stick with that. Um, Valtteri P12 to P3. Uh, that's. I a think a six six point five because uh, he yeah. wasn't there in Q3. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hamilton did not make much of a difference. Yeah. So. But he had a medium pace. He didn't have. He didn't have the space to push for it, even though his car had more pace. Clearly, uh, yeah, six point five seven, six six seven. Fernando also very similar, uh, but he did well bunching up everybody and uh, just slowing everybody down. For that, I think uh, seven uh, seven is what we can give him. Um, yeah, Lando, Lando did really well in qualifying, and he did really well in the race. Uh, he did set the fastest fastest lap also towards the end of the race. Uh, yeah, he was solid. So seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, George. George also. Qualified. Qualified. Uh, there is similarly like Lando. I think a seven and a half, eight is what we can give George also. Charles, particularly Charles, Charles was good. Charles was a good eight and eight and a half, but the strategy did really bad to him. Like he didn't. It was not his call. Uh, so I think a six point five seven. Yeah, six point five seven. Because if you are starting at pole in Monaco, you should finish P one. You can't, you can't end up losing places. Yeah. Uh, uh, Max qualified P four. Uh, we don't know what could have been of that final lap that got red flagged. So, but uh, he was flying. So yeah, it was gonna be really good. It was gonna be a really so, good lap, but I don't think he would still get poles. So he would finish P two at the at that point also. So I think uh, eight. Yeah, eight would be fine. Yeah. Carlos uh, started P2, took uh, took a bold decision not to stop for inters, stop directly for drives. Started P2, yeah. P2. If Chico had a had a slower stop by a second also, or if he didn't have Albon stopping his outlap, uh, uh, that uh, we don't know what could have been of uh, Carlos. He could have got his first win here. So, I think a nine. Yeah, and Perez is gonna get a ten. Definitely, if there is a ten, and if anybody deserves a ten, ever, that has to be Checo Perez getting a ten. Uh, so yeah, 
this is this has been our uh, ratings of the drivers uh, so we have a race in baku that is two weeks away at this point uh, mehika you you have thoughts on that we will we will try to do a way we'll try to do a fun podcast that we have in mind for next week but uh, yeah uh, baku last year was pretty unexpected Uh, like the race results so i'm um, i feel that you know even this year we can expect different things correct like rather than our normal max carlos signs or i max carlos charles yeah. all of them on the podium we can expect a nice different podium sure they uh, all can crash yeah they all can uh, also if you remember last week towards the end of the podcast there was a small Hey, so we have one of our viewers, Sagar, who had a little, uh, very interesting tidbit about the race. Who you'd like to share with all of us? So yeah, on to Sagar. For once, I actually felt that the Monaco GP was exciting. It was fun. It was. It had me throughout the race. Usually there are no overtakes, but luckily this time we had twelve, which is less when compared to the other circuits. But for Monaco, it is good. The average was seven for the last six to eight years. We got twelve. thanks to gasly and uh, a good strategy from alpha tauri he entertained us in the beginning uh, maybe first 20 laps or so and then uh, ferrari messing up their strategy and bringing leclerc in all that it was fun to watch but overall uh, i would still rate a 4 on 5 considering it's monaco and uh, it could have been better uh, alonso holding up hamilton and the entire team behind him for p8 Leclerc and uh, Sainz making small issues with the pit stops. I mean, the Ferrari making issues with the f- pit stops, and Red Bull uh, again showing their masterclass. <coughs> Norris and Russell uh, having the race of their own, and a good overtake uh, by Russell on Norris on on lap twenty-three or so. So yeah, uh, it is a good race, I can say. But uh, few issues that I would like to point out is uh, again uh, the Ferraris. protesting against red bull for crossing the pit line a pit lane exit uh, i feel uh, it was not right by the fia to do so because there is a rule that says if you cross the pit uh, entry or pit exit uh, lane you're supposed to be penalized because we saw uh, alpha tauri's sonoda penalized twice in the same race in austria last year and he did get a number of a couple of uh, penalty points as well on his super license so they were pretty hard on him and considering both the red bulls did cross the line be it by a small inch or a small margin uh, the rule is to be followed and so both had to be penalized and also as soon as verstappen came out of the pits he kind of weave a little too much for leclerc which is again uh, i mean i'm not saying it's wrong because he obviously has to defend his position but it's kind of unsportsman like to uh, do that considering he's a defending champion he shouldn't be doing uh, things like that apart from that overall yeah i like the race and looking forward to more excitement in baku that's two weeks from now all bet made uh, i would still say if you start on pole you end on pole in monaco that's not a that's uh, but i did i did read statistics that whenever it has rained in monaco p3 has resulted in a win Oh, wow. like at least in the past 3 times so i think that's not even the issue and 
uh, the bet was whether he crashed or DNF'd. So okay. I think so you still have to. So had to go to public and say congratulations, uh, Charles. And the board, the board. Okay, then. Yeah. Does this work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. it works. And if no. your savings are too small. I'm loving this. Yeah. Uh, also, this is going to become a very regular thing. So you have to get ready for your poll predictions and doing this as well. Because yeah, this is, I, I would love it. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Yeah. yeah. So you'll see that on our social media pages also very soon. Um, and yeah, that's it for this week's episode. We'll catch you next week before where we will also preview or do a historical recap of what happened in Baku in the previous years. So... Yeah, see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye, good night.